0: Welcome to episode two of Never Not Creative. It's been a big week. We got the podcast live. Um, It's out there. It's across pretty much every podcast platform that you could find. So hopefully you've been able to find it easily. We have been making some excellent progress um, with a piece of work we're doing around a mental health survey for the industry I uh, can't give too much away right now, but there's um, some great conversations happening and collaborations in progress, and so hopefully in uh, a few weeks, we'll be able to launch a survey out, so keep an eye out for that. The focus of today's episode came out of a discussion that I had with two great designers, uh, one in Sydney, one in Melbourne, Josie and Tina they're going to introduce themselves shortly but we had a great discussion on a saturday afternoon um, in completely different locations thanks to the anchor app and we talked about a lot of kind of important things uh, one around the struggles around creativity and looking after yourself and how to challenge yourself but also kind of keep confident um, in uh, as being a creative we also talked about how to get the best start in life in the creative industry and how well our industry does in supporting that and facilitating kind of people's entry into the industry. And we had, there's some really interesting points came out of that. Uh, but the one we're gonna focus on today is around gender and equality in the industry. And it's been a big part of the creative pledge and the discussions that we've had around that um, with the creative pledge. We've talked about how the importance of making sure that there's a fair representation of different uh, perspectives and opinion and, and experience and, you know, just gender and diversity in the industry. And um, so that's making its way into the pledge and both Josie and Tina had some really interesting um, points of view on that, which you'll get to hear shortly. And I thought I would also say, and I've heard other people say this isn't certainly isn't my idea, um, but actually that, you know, if you are male and you get invited to speak at a panel or speak at an event, um, we should check whether actually it's going to be fairly represented um, and that we're not walking into events and we're not supporting events that are um, not balanced. And so it was really interesting this week, in fact, um, I had to kind of put my money where my mouth is, and I was asked to speak at an event, um, not a huge event, but on a, on a panel, um, and when I saw who else was on the panel, it was a, a great kind of lineup, I saw that it was going to be 75% men and uh, 25% women, and so I realized that if I'm going to kind of uh, talk the talk and walk the walk here, um, that I should say something, and so I emailed back and said, look, I'd love to do this, but I can see that the panel is not equally represented. And so I'd be happy to give up my position on the panel um, for a you know, equally probably better person to speak on on the topic that I was due to speak on. And so um, I sent that back, it felt uh, kind of weird but it's incredibly easy to do um, and it just shows how easy it is to do. Uh, A couple of days later, they came back and said, yep, completely understand. In fact, we had tried quite hard um, to try and find equal representation and actually um, what we've done is gone back and found somebody else and um, now the panel is going to be um, balanced 50-50. Would you be keen to still do it? And so, um, yep, I'm going to speak on this panel. Yes, it's um, now equally represented and I feel like... That was easy. It's just a little bit more of a conversation, a little, an email, whatever, and we can make this happen more often. And so, um, I don't think it requires any great plaudits. And so, we should just make this happen. And so, if you do, if you're if you're a bloke, if you're a man, if you get uh, invited to an event, make sure that it's diverse. Um, make sure that there is a good enough uh, representation of different opinions. As a result, it really isn't that hard. So. Back to today's chat. Um, like I said, this is going to be one that probably splits up into a two more episodes after this. But the theme for today is going to be around um, gender and equality in the creative industry. And I'm going to let Josie and Tina introduce themselves as we uh, yeah, get through this topic.
1: Hi, everyone. I'm Josie. Um, I work, I'm a designer. I work at Christopher Doyle & Co. I'm currently sitting in the Christopher Doyle & Co. studio at our little lunch nook at our brand new table that we got this week. Um, I'm just excited about the table. I'm excited to be here. Yeah. (laughs) Tina? Uh, Thank you, Jo. Um,
2: (laughs) I'm Tina Victoria Afsha. I am a designer in Melbourne working at Common State and part-time at the Design Kids um i'm in my bedroom i'm cozy right up next to my heater and also very excited to be here
3: i thought it would be really great to kind of hear what you've been thinking um what you've sort of been witnessing in the industry around the state of um our current situation around gender and equality in in the creative industry um and and kind of what is and isn't being done so maybe we could start with um have you had any experiences where you kind of felt like you are you know you're being held back or you're seeing other people held back how how is what is the current state at the moment um
2: we knew this was going to happen happen, That we We did
1: (laughs) (laughs) tina you go first
2: okay (laughs) um oh it's it's such a big topic to unpack isn't it um it really is it is I think personally for myself I was thinking about the past few weeks in token Joyce as well is just this need to be taken seriously and I mean as a woman and as a person who likes to joke and laugh and likes to be feminine I feel sometimes it can be quite difficult to be taken seriously when femininity seems inferior to masculinity in the workplace like Joyce would you agree
1: yeah absolutely definitely um I think you mentioned another word in there, Tina, that I think is really important when we're talking about gender and equality. I don't think we can talk about those two things without also talking about diversity. Mm. Um, That's a really important word in this conversation. Um, And gender equality is one thing. Um, So it's important to make the distinction between gender and equality and diversity in general. Gender equality is like the tip of the iceberg. But if we're really kind of talking about the current situation of all of this stuff in the industry, we kind of have to be aware of of the bigger picture, and and yeah, being a woman and and gender gender equality is one thing, but diversity as a whole is a complete other kind of huge can of worms, which, um, as you said, Andy, is very hard to unpack in in twenty minutes. But no, Tina, I completely agree. I think there are traits in the professional environment where being a woman is is inherently going to kind of hold us back, which is really unfortunate. Um, there's an amazing article by The Atlantic called The Confidence Gap. Um, I'll share it with you guys later and we can mm-hmm. share it kind of on, on the channels. Um, but it it kind of, they did a few different studies within this article, and it unpacks a few really, really interesting things. Um, all around confidence being something that that is a really positive attribute in men in professional environments, but in women it's not, it's, it's quite the opposite. Um, women I mean sorry men are nurtured to be be confident in the workplace but when a woman is confident it's seen as a negative thing and often holds them back Um, yeah and I think the femininity thing totally comes into that as well
2: oh absolutely like um, it's funny I was thinking about the other day I mean we have a female creative director and her word is gospel Um, but It's funny like when you're in a meeting or like you're in a social situation and a decision needs to be made and like somebody will suggest something and this is mostly something that's evident with clients is that anybody can suggest anything in a room but the client just to like get validation or to get approval that it's the right decision to make will look at the male authority figure in the room and even Mm. if it's just like to look at them with their eyes to be like are they agreeing with what's being said? or to literally say to them, do you think this is what we should do? It's something that always comes up and like you'll walk out of the room. It's like, well, that was a meeting about strategy and all the females in the room are strategists and the male is a designer and yet he gets looked at to like get approval. It's like this really weird subconscious thing that's inherent and it's come from like past generations and maybe the next 200 years will have faded. Um, but I mean, to be a person in a room who is, isn't going to be talking with, like, a booming voice or is softly spoken or it's, it's just in their nature to not come across as masculine, it's very obvious that sometimes you can get disregarded or you can say something and people will nod, but your word isn't gospel all
3: the time. Mm. Yeah. It, it's very interesting, isn't it? Like, it's in an everyday sense. Actually, you see this when you go into a restaurant and um, I don't I, – my wife normally orders everything. <laughs> and uh yet yeah, they will ask me if i if if you know there's any extra things that we need or anything like that it's actually they'll they'll reply to me, which is really strange. but I was having this chat with um quite a successful uh, woman in a in a good advertising agency down in Melbourne the other day we went for lunch and um we talked about kind of how there are all these things of where you know some of these things can be potentially validated by pay or by, um, position in a company, but actually, and I think what you guys both just described really well was the, the, almost the worst thing is the everyday nuances that exist. Ooh, mm-hmm. So she talks a lot about how, you know, yes, some people would get promoted or like, maybe it just take a little bit longer for them to get promoted, but actually there were times when just like the really good opportunities or the really exciting briefs wouldn't come her way. And there was, she could not explain any other reason for it. Um, and I think, you know, what you were talking about in terms of the a, a male client or a client looking to the male in the room to kind of validate the opinion is is something that is quite quite worrying. And you kind of feel like, yes, it is going to start to change, and maybe, you know, is it on its way out? And certainly, generationally, I think it's on its way out, but it's probably not fast enough.
1: Yeah, I think like all of this is really coming from me, I guess, is based really loosely on a combination of, I guess, my own experiences, memories of like things I've read, poor memories, usually when it comes to statistics as well, because I don't really remember Mm. things very well. Um, Conversations, I guess, I've been a part of, conversations I've listened to, conversations I've witnessed on Twitter, like Twitter, we mentioned before, is a massive one where a lot of these conversations tend to happen. But I think when we're talking about the current situation on gender and equality and diversity in our industry, there are like a few really like obvious things happening. And I think we tend to have a lot of female graduates coming out of uni and college. Mm-hmm. Um, and I kind of have picked up on this, just being involved in Agda for the last few years. When we run events targeted at at um, students and recent grads, like the huge majority of people that attend these are women. Um, mm-hmm. But comparatively, like we all know, like a vastly low amount of women are in senior roles in our industry. So something's happening in the middle here and there, there are a lot of different things are happening in the middle where women are graduating and coming into the industry, but they're not making it to these senior roles. And some of these things are bigger things like we're not creating kind of environments to nurture those roles when you know women go off and have children and want to come back to work. Um, but I feel like a lot of this is packed into those smaller nuanced every day situations that just kind of beat women down and make them feel like they can't step up into these roles. Um, yeah. Or like what happens
2: on the flip side is that you realize that you're probably not gonna get to that top leadership role in the agency or the studio that you're in. And so you go off and you start your own business with the type of hours and lifestyle in terms that caters for what you want. Like um, we were doing an event last week or this week um for like it was like a full year review with Agda and we wanted to definitely make sure that we had the equal amount of female panelists and male panelists Mm -hmm. and like looking down on our list like almost all the males were either creative directors or like head of brand or something like that Um, and the women like there there were lots there were creative directors too but then there were like um independent typographers and independent illustrators and freelance designers and just women who had made their own business and it could just be them and maybe one other person or just themselves. But it was just like a different type of, I guess, business and different type of role that they'd created for them. Um, and I just, I found that so interesting that, you know, you are not gonna be able to find maybe as many female creative directors, but they've just decided to take it into their own hands and do it their own way, which is yeah. really amazing. And I, I thought like possibly the way that it's gonna be in the future moving on.
0: Like if, yeah. you can't,
2: if you can't be given something that you need and you've been trying so hard for so many years to make it happen, then it's a dream not worth chasing and you create your own dream. Absolutely,
1: yeah. I've noticed the same thing, Tina. Like we're putting together um, this year's 2020 event for Agda, which is like a similar, kind, it's not portfolio review, but it's like a speed dating style kind of event where we get 20 kind of top level creatives from Sydney to sit down with like students and recent grads. And we have the same thing. We aim for like um, an equal, if not female, skewed gender split on the panel because often and like in the past, it's been the opposite of that. So we're really trying to kind of flip that and, and positively kind of, I guess, discriminate so it's more women. Um, but yeah, all of the women we kind of are reaching out to more often than not are doing their own thing. And it's, mm. it's really interesting to see. It's funny, actually, you mentioned like um, the whole in, taking women seriously and, When a client or someone looks kind of default looks to the mail for approval or or whatever, um, someone we emailed to see if they'd be interested in being involved, um, couldn't be involved. And they suggested someone in their place and they defaulted to like a male colleague. And I wrote back to them. I said, awesome, thank you so much for putting their name forward. Like, we'll put them on the list. But do you have any, like, female colleagues who might be great for this event as well? Um, And I just said, like, we're trying to just, you know, make sure that we have, like, an equal, equal, if not female, skewed gender split for this event. And they came back and suggested, like, three amazing women who would be great for the event. And I just thought it was so interesting that, That like, that was a woman. They defaulted to one Mm. male colleague who would be good for the event. And then when I prompted it, there were three women there who would also be amazing for the event. So it's just like this like inherent kind of ingrained thing that we default to the men in the industry to step up into these these roles, whether that be like for jobs or for events. Um, And I think events is another huge can of worms where we're asking the same people and people that look the same and by, I mean, look the same white men, (laughs) Mm. I said it time and time again to kind of be a part of our events and conferences. So we're lacking in diversity and representation massively um, on that front. And that's something that we can, we can work a little bit harder at. It's not that hard to kind of just put that extra groundwork in to change, but um, yeah. I completely agree,
2: like 150%. But, and like, there's also that part of it too, where it seems like it's easier to just default to the people that you typically go to, to do these events or, you know if the certain type of person too and mm. it's a nice to have if your event is going to be full of diversity and people from different specialties as well um and i mean andy you kind of also asked us and we spoke about what can we do in the future like what can change and all that sort of stuff mm. and i think there's that shift in terms of changing what the nice to have is to being like the primary concern and if somebody for example i mean i know a few of my friends have been trying to get more females on board with events and they do get knocked back heaps because you know their lifestyle or their schedules they've got families whatever it is they just don't have time and i think a question that we're not asking is well how can we change what we're doing so that you do have time for it Mm. if we keep get saying no to then that's probably not going to change but then maybe we're the things that can um and i think something like this as well like how perfect is this we're both at home on a Saturday. Um, talking out of a studio or from a bedroom, and it easily happened. Um, yeah. It's, it's really, it's not that difficult. It's just wanting that to be your, I guess, primary concern or primary motive in creating the conference rather than just we want to make a conference, and then the panellists, they'll come. And if it's a panel of diversity, that's great. If it's not, well, whatever, we are still done the conference. Yeah
3: yeah yeah I, I had a chat with um i 'm sure have mentioned his name Jim from Tank mm-hmm. um last Thursday, and he explained to me how he had been asked to sit on a panel recently and he said, yeah i'm sure i would be happy to, but um is what well, you know who else is on the panel and I think they named you know like four other men and uh an attempt at a you know token female, which obviously it clearly was um and he said yeah i'll do it, but um it has to be 50-50. And if it's not 50-50, I'm not doing it. Yeah. And so he turned turned it down uh, because it wasn't. And I think, unfortunately, that probably is a very rare um, occurrence and not enough, uh, obviously, I am a white man, um, of, <laughs> not enough of us would be turning <laughs> those opportunities down. But I actually think yeah. a lot of it has to change from that. And a lot of the... It does even some of the other issues that exist, they're like, you know, even if they get talked about or even if they're kind of, they're they're a result of comfort. They're a result of kind of going, this is the way it's always been and Mm. I'm gonna do okay. And I don't really feel like I'm consciously, you know, taking somebody else's opportunity or putting other people down. Um, But just the fact that it is comfortable is is as much of the problem as anything. Totally, totally. yeah.
1: Yeah. And I think a lot of the time, I think i had like a tweet rant about this one day um a lot of the time responsibility is like placed on the organizers organizers of events to Mm. handle this and it should be but what jim's done here is really good like responsibility should also be in in the hands of those who are being approached and everyone who is being approached to be a part of events like this should be totally aware of of the panels that they're gonna be a part of or the lineups that they're gonna be a part of. And if it's not a diverse lineup, they need to speak up and say something about that. Um, and they need to kind of put their hand up and say, I'm gonna be an ally in this. And I'm gonna say, hey, if I'm not on a diverse panel, I'm not gonna be on that panel mm-hmm. until it is diverse. Because I think it's in, it's in jobs as well. I think when there are people in the room who have opportunities, And then there are people outside the room who don't have those opportunities the people inside those rooms have got to be there to help like let other people in and help get other people inside that room um i don't think it's it's all about the people outside like beating the door down and kind of forcing their way in a lot of that is happening and that will continue to happen but the people who kind of already have those opportunities need to kind of play a role in this and kind of step up and and help help those who don't have those opportunities and jim like i think I think it happens like I think it's starting to happen more often than not, and I think the fact that we're even having a conversation about this and conversations about this type of stuff are happening with more frequency, I think that's a really good sign. I think it shows that there's intent there that this stuff, that we all want this stuff to change. Um, it's just about like whether we actually start actually actioning things to make the changes. Um, but yeah, a lot of it does happen in the background and is quieter, and is things like emailing back and turning down opportunities, mm. which is important. It's really important, and it, and yeah, it's it's hard to kind of like grapple the. You know, Jim did that, but if Jim was to then kind of like tweet about it and be like, "Hey, I did this thing,"
3: yes, the that- step further could be to call out the event and you know the fact that not is not enough is being uh, done around that. Um, There was a, so we have, obviously we've had the pledge um, up online uh, for people to uh, comment on and suggest. And there was a great, uh, I think it was um, Gabby Lord actually, who had also had a recent uh, Twitter rant um, (laughs) around this, some of this subject. Some of it I think was around um, getting, uh, being paid and and obviously I think there have been many others around um, a better, a better balance when it comes to gender. Mm. um and so it's it's actually we added um in a very specific line in the pledge which says in fact i'm going to test it out on both of you um, okay because you won't have seen it so you, you probably saw a um, one of the comments maybe but the final one where we we tried to get to was um i will demand better standards for industry events i will not speak or present at an event that doesn't strive to equally represent the dis- different perspectives in the creative industry or that offers zero compensation when the event is for profit does that go far enough actually should it be much better at calling out the very specific issue that is is there I think we when we said different perspectives it was like making sure because there is obviously um, gender but I think as you said as well there's you know there's everything from age to um, belief to race as well Mm. um what what do you guys think
1: i think that's a really important statement to make and i think um yeah i think not being really really specific with that thing around representation is important as well because there is so many different kind of intersectional kind of um pieces to that puzzle that what makes what makes us diverse as like an industry, I think it's important to allow for that to kind of be whatever it needs to be. Um, yeah, that's really yeah. interesting.
0: We're going to wrap it up there for this week. I want to say a big thanks to Josie and Tina who are our first interviewees and got a very uh, big, tough Um, theme to discuss And I think did an excellent job and it's really great fun um, chatting with them both. And you'll hear more from them uh, in next week's episode when we talk about how to give people the best possible start in the industry um, and probably even follow on from some of those themes that we were discussing towards the end there around going beyond gender, but actually thinking about people's backgrounds and everything from kind of socioeconomic status to beliefs um, and how we can help everyone get a good start. the industry if you want more of this you can follow never not creative on social media at nvr not creative so that's on uh, instagram and twitter best thing to do come and join the facebook group so just jump into facebook and search for never not creative and join the discussion that we have here Um, send this off to your friends to your colleagues the more people um, we get on board the better Um, the more people that can help contribute and share um, the better as well as i said there'll be more news to come um, shortly on the survey we're doing into mental health in this industry And finally, a big thank you to Streamtime who we couldn't do this without uh, with the support that I get and the time to be able to do this podcast as well as all the other things we do. So um, go and check out streamtime.net if you need some help with project management in your creative business. That's it for now. We will see you next week. Have a great week.